Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Hello, welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Aileen. I'm Sammy. Welcome back, back. Sammy. Thank you. Thank you, I missed you. Um, (laughs) And so today we are joined by an amazing guest, Lisa Haim. She's the founder of The Well Necessities, founder of Fork the Noise. She has a master's degree in nutrition and exercise physiology from Columbia University. And you may, you probably know her from her Instagram at The Well Necessities. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Us too. You know, it's funny because, okay, so after last week's episode, there's a lot of like noise, a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of feedback and a lot of people were like, Go watch Well Necessity's story. She has a whole thing about fiber in general, just the diet. And so like that's how we were introduced to you. And then I was watching your whole thing. I was introduced to your Instagram and I was like, wait, people were showing me this girl's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) There was a time when I saw your Instagram before when I was just stalking you for your wedding. (laughs) So that was funny that we were I was like brought back to meet like connect with you in a different circumstance but welcome to this podcast thank you thanks for coming to my wedding online yeah how did you not tell me about her wedding number one number two i think that we did know like i I think it was our friend that showed us the wedding i definitely didn't see the wedding wedding because because i will tell you because i will tell you after everyone was sending me your profile and they're like i love this girl i love this girl i got deep into your profile and then i was like oh (laughs) let me check out her wedding (laughs) and it was new to me so i definitely didn't see it so when did when did you get married we got married november 9th Congrats. Thanks. Congrats. Of of 19. Yeah. Yeah. We just got married. You're very newly married. I am. How is it? It's it's better because the wedding stress is gone. Yeah, totally. So, I, I mean, I just think it's a really special time of just like peaceful sacredness of a relationship. Oh. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. A, a, lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people say it's exactly the same. I think um, for my husband and I, we planned the wedding ourselves. Like our parents weren't really involved. Yeah. And so like the day-to-day stress, every night he came home, he's a doctor, so his days aren't wow. very you know calm either. He'd come home at yeah. like eight o'clock and then we'd have a rush dinner and then get right into wedding planning. So oh, wow. having that off of our plate and being able to like sit on the couch and watch SVU has just been, we've been able to connect again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice that he was so helpful. 
Yeah. I Bobby mean, got a massage last night while I stopped I in between stories. <laughs> I did write every single thank you note and all of that yeah. stuff. But, but I will say he was sick. He had a fever for like two days. The so man flu. I forced, the man flu. It's like, okay. what? Cannot. I, the man, cannot. It is a thing. The man flu where like it literally becomes death. I don't know what it's the man death. flu is. It's just a fever, but it's death. <laughs> no. What oh, is the man flu? Oh, you have a great man. You should keep him. <laughs> Why? Because they don't get like regular people sick. They just like turn into dead fish. And oh. the yeah. world is That's ending. Me. And it's bizarre. <laughs> I'm the, I have the man I have flu. the man flu when I'm a cold. But they don't care, but they expect <laughs> you to be this overwhelming sense of nurturing. Yeah. But it's funny because Avi is like You're so right. not like that. And then he transforms into, I'm like, who are you? Like, oh, right. What are you doing? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. Anyway. Well, welcome. Thank so you. So what are we talking about today? Okay. So what do you do in your, so you're, you're an RD, yep. right? So Correct. what do you do in your practice? What do you specialize in? What do people come to you for? Yeah, so um, it's been a journey, as all things really are, and I think it's so important to evolve with your practice. So where I once was with my practice is not necessarily where I am today, but um, I feel so aligned with what I do because it's exactly what I needed and would have been my rescue boat during my days of disordered eating. So my mission in life is less about the food. It's more teaching you real tools to listen to your body so that you can honor trust and listen to them. And again, it's less about the food. It's just when you're so connected to yourself, everything else isn't about the food. You're Mm -hmm. leaning into your highest power and being able to do the things that excite you, whether it's a hobby or a career or just be a better person. Okay. So this that's a big jump that's a big transition (laughs) how long did that take you and and so just to Mm -hmm. just give some some background what were your struggles with disordered eating and then how did you get over it and how long did that take to be where you are now so I'm 31 years old which means the word disordered eating didn't really exist during the time when I was going through my struggles so Um, My relationship to food, like most people's, not everybody's, but got a rocky um, at the end of high school and then into college. Because this is a podcast, I also just want to say that I'm a thin body. I've never been told to lose weight. Um, I've always actually been complimented for my thin frame. And nonetheless, I had an overwhelming fear of gaining weight and began to attach my worth to my size and eventually down the line to my Um, health was my identity as I began to pursue nutrition. So anyway, 10 years ago, in the absence of not having anorexia, I always ate, even if I wanted to restrict, never happened. I never made myself throw up, even if I had the desire. And so in the absence of these two, you know, known eating disorders, I was fine because I Mm -hmm. didn't have those. I was just the healthy girl. There was no, um, nobody knew about kombucha back then or any of the stuff that I was like an early adopter to and I sought out. I ate all of my meals in college. I went to University of Miami where like everybody got like bagels for lunch. I went to Whole Foods by myself and had a $12, you know, huge salad bar. Um, So during this time, it just became my identity. And um, over the course of probably the next five years or so, what that looked like started to shift. So it was clean eating. It was veganism for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, not for the environment, not for mm-hmm. ethics, but rather as a way to control and downsize the decisions around food. Is that what people would now call orthorexia? Yeah. And orthorexia can look like different things. You know, for some people, it's like very clean eating. For some, it's about like detoxing. Orthorexia can be this like deep commitment to just health and not about weight at all for some people it is about the weight but yes i'd say i definitely fell under the orthorexia umbrella well so what so what were the things that you were doing in college and like out of college that you i know you you touched on them but like mm-hmm. specifically that you now 
look back on and say these were definitely dis- disordered. Yeah, and I always say it's I think I call it disordered eating, but it's disordered living because it's about <laughs> food is all yeah. of the time. So right. I you know, I remember being in college and this was the first time I sought out therapy specifically for eating was because I was going to sleep and I was thinking about breakfast. While I was eating breakfast, I was thinking about lunch. While I was at lunch, I was thinking about dinner and it was just consuming me um and and I yeah. had, and I, I knew something was wrong I didn't know what was wrong I knew something was wrong yeah um, so is, so that's not normal then <laughs> I was like oh breakfast dinner um, <laughs> okay I know that like the way that I was doing it and the way yeah. that I felt and and I had these you know strict set of rules about what was good and yeah. what was bad and so it wasn't restriction of total food but the good foods were allowed and the bad foods weren't so it's this constant state of Binge restrict, binge restrict, even if it's a not um, technically like a binge like we think of it as a binge. It's just more than you were allowing yourself. More than yeah. I was allowing myself, but also more than most people were eating. Because when you have rules about what to eat or when to eat that are really strict, you um, you elongate meal times because you, you don't know when the next time you'll allow yourself to eat is. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. So I actually was mm-hmm. getting quite full or feeling quite full. But it, it's not like I finished eating a meal and then I was like fine and moved on with my life. Right, so your life was sort of like constructed around mm-hmm. how your, your meals, food, yeah. would be, yes. how you, your food would make you feel. Like my so, life. Okay, so. I, I know. <laughs> I mean, no one has ever accused us of having healthy eating habits, so it's really fine. Um, so how did you? So how did you? What like hit you that this was not okay? Because it's it's hard to identify the things that we've always yeah. done that we think are just normal um so how did you realize that this was an issue and then like how did you get to this idea of being so in touch that you don't have to obsess about food yeah so I think I had little wake-up calls throughout it like I I said I went to that therapist in in college in undergrad um and again this sort of I felt like I got it under control a bit and then when I went to to grad school it kind of turned into something new you know, start to see a therapist again. And so there was never this like one moment where where I, I even said, I have disordered eating in this moment. When I talk about my disordered eating, disordered living, it's really in hindsight, it feels like. Um, and so there was never this one moment when I was like, that's it, we're done. Uh-huh. But I felt it when I transitioned out of the rules and allowed myself to eat foods in this peaceful way. And I was like, oh, this is different. What's different about this? I'm eating chocolate cake, but I'm not eating all of the chocolate cake. Right. You know, like, were you counting previously? Were you counting or was it just like that food's bad, this food's good? There was counting at certain stages for sure, um, especially as I studied nutrition and Mm -hmm. we learn a very scientific approach to macronutrients. Yeah. Um, Definitely got involved with that and yeah, got involved with that for sure. And, and, you know, just as a dietitian, I can with my eyes know pretty much how many calories are in a food same yeah <laughs> it's so sad well we have a lot of information at our fingertips yeah. now the regular the, the lay person does who are not a nutritionist that's true so when right. i saw that i was living better than um than than i previously was living better feeling better um i wasn't my everything changed so i'm actually sort of interesting and worth mentioning that like when i was in my most disordered and so into health and all of that i was constantly bloated i was constantly uncomfortable when you shift out of that mindset and you you're not as focused on health all the health stuff kind of resolves so people on diets or diets in disguise i should say think that they're healthier but oftentimes those that are not healthier mm-hmm. actually are healthier you know what i mean right yeah, no, definitely that that for sure makes sense. So as an RD now, mm-hmm. what is your focus? Like if someone comes to you and says, I want to lose weight, what mm-hmm. are you, like, how are you handling that? 
my expertise at this point is helping people listen to their bodies and weight is not the best marker for health. So we've been ingrained in our minds over and over again Mm -hmm. that you're overweight or obese, you're not healthy. And there is, without a doubt, a correlation between higher weights, higher BMI, and negative outcomes. Correlation is not causation. So there are other confounding factors that we are not taking into consideration. Most importantly, weight stigma. So weight stigma itself is a confounding factor, and sorry, is a risk factor on its own for negative health outcomes like heart disease and, and diabetes. Interesting. So yeah. wh- why, why would that cause those things? <laughs> because you're um, feeling shame and stressful and possibly going into the diet cycle. Um, I posted on my Instagram last night, I was reading about the psychological stress of dieting as, and just the idea of logging your, your calories or restricting in general increases your cortisol, which is your stress hormone. When cortisol goes up, so does insulin resistance, which makes... Um, which leads to weight gain on its own. So it's this vicious cycle, really. Yeah. Do you think it's a possibility that, I would say the two of us experience stress. Um, I mean, it's a possibility that, that we don't know, we don't even necessarily realize how much of the stress we're feeling is not about the things we think we're stressed about, but 100%. That they're really about, that it's actually just the food stress being sort of like, you know, I don't know, I don't know what word to use kind of transferred into other things. Yeah, 100%. I think that, you know, Fork the Noise, what that's about is about learning tools to get quiet because, I mean, especially you ladies and New York City and big city listeners, there's no time unless you create it to get quiet. And so we're constantly living in a state of high cortisol, high stress and fear. And we don't make good decisions when we're in a state of fear. Yeah. And I also just want to say to listeners, like totally normal to be in a state of fear, maybe not recognize it and latch on to a diet. Like, what are you fearful of? Is it a fear of belonging, not being loved, healthy, everything, yeah, like, whatever? Why do you want to lose weight? Yeah. It's like, it's hard to even come up with the answer anymore. Right. <laughs> because I always wanted to. But That's you know, why. it's funny <laughs> that you guys say that because actually I wanted to bring this up regardless of who was our guest today. But yeah. the day before... Um, and I mentioned this yesterday when we chatted. Um, the day before I recorded the pod last week's podcast with Tanya, I like met with Julia, my um, my dietitian, and she was. We were like talking, and and I, I felt like I kind of needed a little bit of a reset. I was just eating too like too much, but I was logging everything, yeah. and I was just like I felt like so obsessed and she could see it in our meeting and she and I was like but 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 how many how many uh um, grams of protein is in that one and that's I'm not getting 120 grams she's like 120 grams <laughs> she's like you don't need it's okay you don't need to have all of that it's like she and I maybe like I put her in mood but she was like put that phone down she like got <laughs> like frustrated with me and I was like I could see it I was like maybe I should be that frustrated with myself because it's like I don't need now this tool that I've always said was just a tool like you don't really like you shouldn't need it. The moment when you need it is when it's kind of like hurting you. So that day I was like so inspired to just stop logging. I was like she's like she's like Aileen you innately know like what is what you want and what you want to eat. I was like that's true. Like I find myself sometimes just eating unhealthy shit or quote unquote unhealthy shit like whatever Mm -hmm. just like treats let's quote, quote them again it's okay. <laughs> treats and put them in the app just because i can you know what i mean because it's like an activity like that it's like now i'm it's used to it in a way well, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like i accounted for it so therefore i can minimize some of the guilt that's in my brain it's fun yeah <laughs> i don't think it's fun I, I like to call it and um 
the illusion of control because yes. it feels like control in the moment, totally. but it's, it's really an illusion. And the control, the, the freedom comes yeah. when, when we stop doing that. And let me just say that it, it's not that we're not taking our health into consideration or, you know, by not logging doesn't mean you're, you know, totally off the wagon. Right. It right. just means that, again, these are tools and we can be mindful of grams of sugar, how many carbohydrates we're eating or protein mm-hmm. or a balanced diet without having to log it obsessively. And yeah. that's the that's sort of the the issue. But there. so so from that, I decided, OK, I'm not doing it. But then I did the interview and I was like, you saw I was texting. <laughs> her. I was like, oh, GG crack us. <laughs> and so then I was and then after that came out, I was just like you know what let's go back to like what my intentions were because my whole feeling is that I need it's time like I feel like I need a new thing like to graduate from where I was before like I want to actually make changes for my life that aren't about weight loss Mm. but about like like you're talking about like like just deciding what I like and eating what I like Mm -hmm. and feeling healthy not because of how many grams of protein, like the right. the macronutrient right. balance right. of that one food. You've gotten your outer wisdom down. I call it yeah. outer wisdom and inner wisdom. And outer outer wisdom diets, a lot of dietitians pounce on that outer wisdom. And they give zero weight to the inner wisdom. And the inner, what you guys, the body is insanely smart. And the yeah. body has your back. Even though like your mind went off and like broke up with your body, your body <laughs> still has your back. And when you come back to it, yeah. they get back together and they form a really happy relationship. So earlier you mentioned that you learned tools to listen to your body. Mm -hmm. What are some of those tools? So the tools that I teach are grounded in mindfulness in general. So I don't want to scare anybody off with like meditation because I'm not even somebody that meditates every day. But when we use mindful tools like meditation, like a guided meditation, I can help you feel what these sensations feel like. Like I just talked about you, you, your body and mind were connected very intuitively as a baby, right? Somewhere along the way. Shit got messed up, right? Like the noise. Have you read uh, The Body Keeps the Score? I have not read that one. Oh, because it's all about this. Like it's this whole philosophy. Just applied to like trauma and psychology. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many good books if um, your audience wants resources too that I'm reading right now. Um, that we could, you know, definitely put a to the list together too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So the noise somewhere along the way, you were intuitive when you were a baby, right? Like somewhere along the way, things got messed up. Noise infiltrated the system. I call it inner noise and outer noise. Outer noise can be anything from, the, you know, the messaging of the beauty industry, the fashion industry, our parents, our grandparents, our coworkers, blah blah blah. To the inner noise is also what you're hearing in your mind, right? So if we just allow, um, if we just allow ourselves to speak to ourselves and don't question the thoughts in our head then we're fused to those thoughts. But we have the power to create what I call the inner goddess voice because we have the demon voice, right? And that's the voice that wakes up and says, like, you're fat. Fuck you. You know, yeah. you can take that out if you want. Yeah, you know, you it, keep it in. It's the, it's the voice that says, yeah. you're fat, you're lazy, you're worthless. Look, what did you do? What did you do? And then you have the goddess voice that's like, okay, you ate food, get over it. You know, like you didn't do anything that bad, move Mm -hmm. on with your life. You know your highest power is to do A, B, C, D, and E. So it takes work to cultivate these new tools, right? To feel what that feels like in your body. But it's possible. Our, our, our neurons are, are, you know, neuroplasticity. They've got the ability to change. But we need to put some work in. And so when somebody says, I don't get intuitive eating. If I ate intuitively, I would just eat blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like they don't understand the principles because they're not taking time to do the work to reconnect that body and mind. So right. what is it? Can you describe? Because that is always the question like right. that people say. Like yeah. I even when I was, again, I said I had a friend who 
who was talking to me about you and I said it seems like she's into intuitive eating Mm -hmm. and she was like my friend said I don't really get it like I would just eat like unhealthy things all the time and Mm -hmm. I was like I don't think it would actually end up that way how and how do you and also how do you get over the fear of gaining weight yeah that's That's I feel like a whole question yeah (laughs) I guess what is a sign that you can describe to the audience because sometimes I feel like when when people talk about like getting connected to your body, like they don't know what that feels like. Can mm-hmm. you describe what it feels like okay. to be yeah. connected? For sure. So, I mean, the other night I went to dinner with my parents and um, they came around for dessert and the guy was like, so do you guys want any dessert? And I was like, no, I'm good. And then I was like, how did I know that? Like, it was weird. It was like, how, how did I know I didn't want it? You know? And I was like, just, I just don't. I just don't. And my stepmom's like, you want fruit? And I was like, no. Just like I'm not trying to make the healthier decision here or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, just don't want it. And it, it just ends there, you know. And I'm so I've been in the past where it was such this push and back and forth that I'm able to sometimes I miss these moments. But sometimes when they happen, I'm just like, holy shit. Like you just know, like how mm-hmm. much easier is that than the willpower of the can and I can't and is, all of that. And sometimes it works the other way. Right. Like I do want dessert. Is, yeah, is but there a sensation you- that you get or it just flew out of your mouth? In that instance, it flew out of my mouth. I just felt satisfied. I didn't overthink it. And the connection was there. But you know how they say like, they say that like the more sugar you eat or whatever, Mm -hmm. it creates more craving for that next type of sugar, right? Because it doesn't like sustain you. How do you know if you're saying, yes, I do want that cake because you've just ate a lot of carbs or something like that so when I talk about like getting back into a state of connection it's not just about getting back in touch with yourself I believe in the power of real food you know so when we talk about last week you guys talked a lot about like fiber and carbs and stuff like that um we can eat foods with real fiber all the time and and the body responds really well it knows what it's doing it re it it sends strong signals we've had enough things like that so I the issue the only issue with like that sort of a diet mentality is like we're extracting fiber because we, we're thinking of it as a superpower but when it's intact with other foods that's how it's meant to be then we get nutrients it also creates um, most foods that are naturally have fiber require chewing Chewing's a really important part of the digestive process it yeah. lets food know that it's coming so for me it's like why are we trying to hack a system that doesn't need to be hacked we can eat more real food still get to eat lots of food you know we're not in that restrictive mentality but it doesn't need to be this extracted source of fiber alone you know when you eat an orange and you get vitamin c from it the orange with the vitamin c is double as good as just the vitamin c that makes sense yeah but still though how Mm -hmm. do you know if you really want the cake or is the cake just coming from other signals of the things that you ate you know like not forget like anything on let's say you're out at a restaurant that's mm-hmm. a, like with your example yeah. like how do you actually know when you say you do want it whether it's just because you, you, you just are in this sort of bingey right. mode right. like you know like I sammy's had, always yeah. eat, like she talks about how she's always eating cake but like how does she actually know she's eating it or is this like some self-fulfilling thing well, yeah. I, I will say i had an experience like that this weekend um while, while i was listening to the the episode um so i was at an all-inclusive resort this past weekend mm-hmm. and Ooh. there was like so yes. much food and so for like two days i was basically just eating like pizzas like those pizzas that they bring you whatever <laughs> poolside at like every meal and like yeah. i couldn't stop eating them the third day i felt so disgusting i was like i literally cannot eat anymore but i was like weirdly hungry at the same time sure, and i knew in and i wanted the, another pizza yeah and i literally knew in my brain i was like this is that 
weird hormone that comes from <laughs> when you when you Science. eat too many carbs like and it you want more and more i think it's like ghrelin maybe ghrelin's a hunger it's hormone hunger. But yeah. it's, it tells you okay. you're hungry you know when like you eat too much of like sugar or saying. carbs yeah. and then it just makes you only want that yeah. and sure. you that's feel what I'm it in your like lower yeah. gut yeah that's how i felt and i mm-hmm. knew i was like i'm not really hungry and i don't really want this but mm-hmm. i'm like chemically reacting to the fact that this is like all i've eaten for two right. days Love and this it. is like all my body wants but uh-huh. it's still so hard to say no because you have to like there is is there not like some sort of mental component to like say i will listen to the signal I, I think that there's sort of two things you're saying here. So, and there's two different people that this applies to. When I talk about outer wisdom in general, knowing what to eat, sounds like you just showed like an incredible amount of outer wisdom. Like you talked yeah. rationally to yourself. And maybe, um, did you end up having pizza again? Um, no, I had some like ceviche. And then later on, I think I had <laughs> Right, okay. So I get, and there's Postpone a- the pizza. I think, yeah. right. Beating around the bush <laughs> is what I call it. Like you well, beat no, around the bush a- and then you end up having the, the pizza yeah. or whatever right. after you just chased around right. thousands of other foods. Well, I really didn't. I was just like, why don't I try having something mm-hmm. a little fresher okay. and see what it does? Great. I love that. I actually think that that was a really rational approach to After it. the two days of straight yeah. pizza. And you're also, like, you were on vacation, so that wasn't yeah. your normal. It's not like you're going to go home and eat pizza at your all-inclusive, you know, office. <laughs> it's like, maybe she <laughs> I've seen her in action. Yeah. <laughs> I think for some people, taking a, a maybe a radical approach, allowing themselves to have all of the foods as much as they want, is a tipping point to, okay, wait, I don't actually want it. That works for some people. For other people, if you're not sure, do I want the cake, do I not, lean into it. But when you have that cake, pause and say and and say I'm shutting the guilt alarm off right now so that yeah. I can pay attention to my enjoyment. So you have a bite of that cake and you say do I want it or do I not more? But you're giving yourself real permission to move forward or not. Not fake permission of this is a hack to not have less cake. Right. And that's right. a very different mentality and you said like intuitive eating and and weight loss. People who eat yeah. intuitively or a lot of people that go through my program end up losing weight, but that is you don't go to intuitive eating to lose weight. People also gain weight. Yeah, you know? I tried that to go to intuitive problem. eating to lose weight. Here's the thing: okay. I, I, I think that it's fun. Yeah. yeah, like I think it's fine. Like we, you know, I agree it's fine. We're, yeah. we're talking about it, yeah. like very publicly. I think it should be fine. Warmer weather is finally back after so many cold months. It's nice to get outside and soak up the sun, but the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. 
Um, I just wanted to bring up something um, because you were, you talked about diets in disguise earlier, and you brought up something just now. What what are signs for people who are listening and see like feel very interested in what yeah. you're saying and like are scared to take the jump or like me kind of how what are signs of diets in disguise that mm-hmm. are sort of circling like the internet sphere and how do you the follow up question already is how do you deal with, I mean I, b- besides dealing with them how do you kind of like have an answer to to them like how do you stay centered in what you're doing and what is it that you should be doing instead Okay, so diets in disguise and also at this point we're seeing food freedom in disguise, like mm. the the use of the abuse of this word, I should say, yeah. because it's totally ripping off what it is and selling it under to sell a, a diet, right? So diets in disguise, disguise are super pervasive. And actually all the diets that I've been on in my past were diets in disguise. I wasn't on Weight Watchers or Atkins or things like that. I was doing clean eating for my health, you know, or I was on something, a lifestyle, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. So there's a bunch of ways to spot it. One of them is it's going to be usually a one size fits all. So anything okay. that's a one size fits all is a huge red flag. Our bodies are dynamic. They change daily and over a lifetime, right? Like you're not who you were in high school. When you go to be a childbearing age to a non-childbearing age, huge changes are happening. So anything that's prescriptive like that is not recognizing who we are as humans, as mm-hmm. well as our daily changes, especially as women with hormonal fluctuations. So telling somebody to have three ounces of protein or three bites of a certain food is not recognizing the, the, the changes of the body as well as the body's internal wisdom, which goes hand in hand with food freedom, mm-hmm. right? Because that's yeah. what we're relying on with food freedom. It's a great sign. Yeah. Point number two is a lot of times they're not going to celebrate body diversity. It's all about shrinking your body, whereas food freedom is not about shrinking your body. That's not what the, the sign that you're attached to, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're so attached to that outcome, you're not going to have food freedom because you're still trying to get to point B. Okay. Um, they may sell you on body positivity. When you eat this way, you will love your body every single day. Body positivity is a great thing, but that's not what body positivity truly is. It's right. about sitting with your body and accepting it on all days and doing the compassionate thing for it, which, by the way, Sammy, might be not having pizza that fourth day because yes. your self-compassionate self knows you need something else. What, what does my higher self need right now? You know, what, what am I going to need to not feel like crap tomorrow? Right. Sometimes we make choices for our future self. Do you have to train yourself to make choices for your higher self? And when you talk about brain plasticity earlier, Mm -hmm. do you think that that is something that you can kind of trick your brain into becoming like the normal pathway? I don't think it's a trick. No tricks. Yeah. Not trick, but train. 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 Yeah. 100%. I mean, at dinner the other night, you know, my dad was saying something super depressing and I was like, what if you thought about it this way? And he's like, who are you? <laughs> I do that to my mom all the time. <laughs> He's like, Abby does that to me all the time. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not naturally like that. I used to live in a mindset of it's not fair. Um, poor me. You know, we all have our own challenges. So I'm not trying to say that like my life challenges are certainly harder than anyone else's. I'm privileged in a thousand and one ways. But you know, the way my internal voice was always saying it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. And one day it just clicked, and it was like, shut up. Like, <laughs> do something about it. See it differently because you're suffering. So how can you, we can't take away all suffering, but how can we minimize our suffering? We can think differently. We can broaden our perspective. When you go down the rabbit hole, or when I go down the rabbit hole of like finding these fashion bloggers and their bodies and and I'm just like, whoa, how do you guys even look like this? Yeah. You know, I pull it back. I'm like, not serving me right now. Yeah. Got to get out of this. Well, my therapist had this interesting 
point that that there's a difference between pain and suffering. Pain mm-hmm. is something that we can't control, mm-hmm. but suffering we Love do that. have some level of control over yeah. because it's yes, when pain happens to us, we naturally suffer, but also you can make yourself suffer more or suffer less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depending on Right. And rumin- the, you know, yeah. thought Ruminating, rumination yeah. is, yeah. you know, a big one there. Letting things fester. I just want to yeah. say, um, the other thing, you know, just diets in disguise yeah. too, um, they're going to center around elimination, what you can't eat. They might talk a lot about what you can, but there's still lots of can'ts in there. Um, and they're instilling fear in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of fear. So then, ha- so let's say you are, you're, li- you're, you came across a friend who's on this diet. Like even I have like a, mm-hmm. my mother-in-law sending me, she's like, I'm going oh. back on Weight Watchers. Like here's, you want to join? Mother-in-laws are the best. Yeah. But no, no, I like love her. And, I, no, and I, know. I, you know, I know, and With I know what diet. she's doing, yeah. but this is honestly like a huge breakthrough for me. Cause usually I just go on every single diet she sends me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the other day I was like, that's amazing. Like, good luck. Like, honestly, I'm just going to keep doing what works for me. I love literally that. said that, guys. Yeah. It's a breakthrough. That's and huge. she was really. like, great idea. Like, good good for you. And you also led by yeah. example in yeah. that moment. But I mean, yeah, so like for people, though, who uh, who want to latch on to any next mm-hmm. diet that they hear, that they yeah. hear these things, how do they say, wait a minute, like, is this right for me? And what should I be doing instead? Right. So again, um, so much like kudos to you for being able to do that and so much compassion for any listener that is doing that if something's working for you great ignore me I don't you know I don't really care as long as you're happy and you're healthy and you're living at your true purpose if you're doing that and paleo fantastic don't give (laughs) a crap really Um, that being said like we make over 200 food related decisions a day Mm -hmm. that coupled with noise is absolutely paralyzing we don't know what to do so what do we do a diet or diet in disguise comes along and says i've got the answer you can eat this and this much at this time Mm -hmm. problem solved right week one fantastic going really (laughs) well week two a little bit less fantastic week three well it worked week one i must be the one who's failing because it worked in week one but really it's the body's biological and physiological response to this system that's failing not you do you think on some level that it that people their relationship with food and dieting could potentially just all come down to like wanting a feeling of control control and a lot of times um belonging like belonging community i think that it's it's hard to separate especially with social media these days when you're no longer want to be paleo this diet this i don't know why i keep saying paleo i'm nothing against (laughs) that one specifically um you know you you'd start on week one let's go back to that example you find your new friends you're all making recipes together you're all you know rah 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 and then week three when it's no longer working for you it's like wait a second it's still working for them what about me do i have friends do i not where do i go from here and so you retreat away from it and you never raise your hand really most people and say hey this didn't work for me, right? right? You say, yeah. I didn't work. I, didn't. I failed. Yeah. I'll just try a new one. Or maybe I'll start that one again because it worked on week one. Well, it's interesting that you say the thing about community because I actually think like when it comes to F Factor, that is one of the things that's very weirdly strong about it. Very like, strong. Like, I, so I have a same friend with who Weight is, Watchers. Same with Weight Watchers, yes. Yeah. But that, that's because like fundamentally they had like these meetings, mm-hmm. I think. Well, yeah, so I think that's it came why from they that. Do, like that's, that's their sort of... Mo- technique right. that's true yeah but it's like kind of an old like remaining technique no it's mm-hmm. still but happening like, that's where still that's meeting. where she texted me from oh, <laughs> <that's really funny. laughs> 
<laughs> oh, in, in, in Weight Watchers, they still have yeah. meetings? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I thought it, they got rid of the meetings. I didn't know that either. Well, yeah, like, they're happening in Manhasset. A lot of all over. Wait, neck. <laughs> <laughs> Chapters everywhere on Long Island. But yeah, so I have a friend who, who was, she is on F-Factor. Yeah. She is personally having a lot of success with it because like mm-hmm. for whatever reason it, it works for her at this time. Yeah. So she's been on it for years though. Um, and she like will literally like will post like her salad and like mm-hmm. tag like F Factor and I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like what drives you to do that? She's like I want I want to be like part. She's like I really like it. it and I like want to be part of it. And I just I, I personally can't really relate to that, but I do think it is interesting because there are people that it is like working mm-hmm. on that type of like yeah. pe- that pressure that I never even really considered. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, obviously there are people that are having success on it. And like I said, if paleo is working for you, great. If F factor is working for you also great. But the reason I spoke up about it on my Instagram stories is because I have hundreds of DMS of people who it's not working for and they're yeah, not coming yeah. forward because they're scared. And yeah. I don't know what they're scared of, but they're scared. And so I, I don't want to tell their stories. All I want everybody to do, no matter what diet you're on, seriously, this is not meant to be like a factor specific, is to know that you're not alone, that there are a lot of people on it that are developing disordered eating habits or even physical body changes that they that they may not be liking that are that are not coming forward. So I'm just curious because we, you know, so many people did send me your highlight about Same, yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what your perspective is on it, like what your take is on a factor and generally and just have an opportunity for you to like really share that with the audience. Yeah, I think, again, if it's working for you, uh, this is not meant to be an attack on F factor on the founder specifically. It is not meant to be that if it's working for you, if you feel safe, if you feel whole. Great. My perspective is a few things. Number one, which is, you know, my my passion, obviously, is the disordered eating habits that are going unnoticed. The applaud for only eating 35 grams of net carbs, the the applaud and and the, you know, the likes and and the community, which great. I'm so happy if you meet friends. But are they your friends if you're no longer doing that program or if you stray away a little bit or if Um, you gain some weight or if you gain (laughs) some weight? Right. And so um, that that'd be, I guess, you know, my my one issue with it number two from a nutrition point of view is that it's pretty old school we got to wake up to to new science you know um calories are not what you know when you log your your calories like you are with your dietitian you don't actually know how many calories you're taking in so that's like a bunch of different meaning like i meaning like i um just counting what I think I exactly. So in. number one is that the FDA has a twenty percent margin of error of what they allow on nutrition labels. Meaning, if you think you're eating two thousand calories based on nutrition <laughs> fact panels, you could be eating twenty four hundred. This is like when Joey That's why Ross it takes so long to lose weight. Wait, this is like <laughs> Joey. the opposite way. Could, your mind went negative. It could be twenty percent in like, the other direction. This is like when There's Ross no finds chance. out about the condom being only ninety eight percent this is not the FDA like having not having our backs it's a result of we don't know because we're not they're not taking you know they didn't take your coffee that I just brought you and then measure how many calories were that in in that exact thing we use something right. called the Atwater system which takes grams of estimated grams of protein carbs and fat and computes how many calories are in that so one there's variables to that and then most importantly is your body's really unique how you digest food is going to be different than how I digest food 
Okay. How foods are di- digested together is going to alter the amount of calories we consume. And while we're on that point, it's this idea that calories are a bad thing when calories are amazing. It's what I call our life force juice. Like you couldn't be here today without calories. And so it's not about minimizing them or counting them. It's about getting enough and quality. And that's how we got into this health issue to begin with was in the 80s when diets came about and we started drinking Diet Coke and artificial sweeteners that did we completely mess up our gut bacteria and become, you know, addicted to sugar. We're addicted to chemicals. We're not addicted to sugar. Mm -hmm. So this emphasis like our our parents and grandparents have with, oh, how many calories is in that is like, I want to know because I want to feel good. We can be mindful of calories, don't get me wrong, but this idea that calories are the bad problem are really putting us in a bad situation to assess every single thing we eat. I mean, it, it just just by definition would creates fear of food. This right. is the greatest ex- explanation of calories I've ever heard. <laughs> but, I call it food energy or life force juice. I mean, it technically is. It's measured by kilojoules. Like it is Look technically energy. Oh, I'm a woman, nice. of a woman of science. I graduated I like pre-med, wow. so Did I know really? things. Yeah, yeah. I wow. Google all the time. How do I become an RD? Can I do it while having a full-time job? <laughs> Right. But and I also I just want to extend that conversation out like this is again like it's not just F factor it's all diets they take a very limited perspective on health and they're failing to consider consider the effects of dieting as a whole on our body the cortisol increase which thereby creates insulin resistance and weight gain so we're we're, we're trying to create treat our bodies like calculators when they're not they're like magnificent machines that are trying to keep you at your happiest weight to function optimally so your eyes can blink so you know like for like basic things and we're here trying to like look skinny to fit into a size whatever jeans right but that said yeah. how I know you're do, stuck on that right but so but okay. still like I'm sure so many people who are listening are like okay and mm-hmm. how, if I still am like a size whatever and I want to be let's say they don't want to be a size 2 they still want to be a size 8 or a 10 mm-hmm. how do you how do you approach that without creating some harmful relationship with food. Um, I'm not anti-weight loss. I'm anti-telling everybody that they need to lose weight. I'm anti there's one way to do it. Um, And I'm anti-telling people that you need to lose weight in order to be healthy, like I've evidenced earlier in here. Yeah. Because it's just not telling the whole story. That being said, again, when we go back to the basics, that outer wisdom, what belongs on a plate? What can I add to my plate every day to feel good? Most people are jumping to eliminate when we're not doing the basics to add. Mm-hmm. How much water did you guys drink today? I Like one, two of these. Okay. Well, half. Okay. Half How much do you drink in a total day? Two to three liters. Okay. You guys are doing good. Yeah. Most of the world really. I drink a lot of water. Drinks really like is it? Very, yeah, much less. Much I, less. I just bought, so I drink out of this like one liter bottle. I drink at least two a day. I have one at home and one here. So I bought one for my husband so that he starts drinking. How's he doing? He's, he's doing it because he would drink no water. Right. I'm like, you can't sleep because of this. Mm-hmm. You feel tired because of this. Like, just drink. You'll feel fuller. He's like always looking for more food. I was like, just drink more like water. I'm telling you. And he sits there with his now water bottle. Yeah. He's like, I like this bottle, Eileen. <laughs> comes with a fun straw. Yeah, comes with a fun <laughs> straw. Really but yeah. D- okay, so water. So it's again, going back to the basics of what you can add and not focusing on it. So people who intuitively eat, eat more variety and eat better. People who are on a diet think that they're eating better, but a lot of times they're just binging and restricting. Totally. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high-end stuff? 
I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. So I just wanted to bring up something earlier that we were talking about, like just in general weight loss and the reason behind why people are trying to lose weight and like kind of questioning that Mm -hmm. whole system. And I think something that um, I've heard you talk about was the fear, society's fear of taking up space. Mm. And can you talk just about that? Yeah, we are an incredibly fat phobic nation. We are terrified of getting fat and we judge people who are fat. And it's a big issue that stems from this idea that if you are fat, you are sick or mm-hmm. you are at risk for disease. That linear correlation that we talked about, we know they're correlated, but we can't prove that A proves B. And so when you are not restricting your food, when you're allowing yourself to take up space physically and mentally, everything flows. And it's a much better way to, I'm not, again, I'm not encouraging weight gain. So let's just like be clear here. I'm just encouraging natural body diversity and celebrating the fact that the three of us don't have the same body. So we don't, right? Mm -hmm. And so how can we find our happiest weight or body size or shape without being obsessive with food and shrinking? If our mind is only thinking about what we can eat and what we can't eat and calculating and doing Mm -hmm. this and doing that, we're shrinking our minds and only using a very small part of it, right? Like think of it as a pizza pie. If you're if that entire famous <laughs> pizza that she had yeah. on vacation. Pizza. If that entire pizza pie of your brain is filled with thoughts about food, it's detracting from the other things that you're meant to do, whether that's be in politics or I don't know, create yeah. a shop on Etsy. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean it's really yeah. true because as I was just going back to this pizza on vacation, like this was the third day. There was one more day after I woke up feeling so shitty. I was like, I wish I could just go home. So I was like, oh, oh I just want to like end this because I feel shitty about the food Mm. like and that kind of sucks because I was having a great time but I like let my day 
be ruined by it kind of or mm-hmm. not, not be ruined but be cons- like, your mood my mind was ruined. like half on yeah my stomach I mean, and it hurts and what I, am i gonna eat next and i want the pizza and like i shouldn't have it like the whole day yeah i feel fat i want to go home so i can go back to my routine yeah, of eating exactly. much less yes i and, get i yeah. get emails from people on their honeymoon all the time because it like it oh, really? hits well it hits i was them. wondering if I, that would happen to me if that it hits right it hits right <laughs> it after, after, after the wedding all the charcuterie plates <laughs> <laughs> it hits right after the wedding when you're on the honeymoon, you know, wherever the hell you are, somewhere beautiful, and you're not even enjoying the beautiful view of the blah, 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 and blah, because you're thinking about food. Right. And so it's not like, okay, I'll just do it till my wedding, or I'll just do it till I have to wear this event, or this event, and then it'll be over. Those thoughts bleed. So they're, this is actually really fascinating. Are you guys familiar with the Minnesota starvation experiment? No. Cool. So this was a study that was done right around World War II, and the psychologists... Um, point or what he wanted to find was how the brain adapts to starvation because populations were going through it. So 36 men went through a semi-starvation diet for six months. How many calories do you think they were given? Thousand. Oh, I did hear about this. Wait, a semi-starvation. Yeah. Wow. I did. Uh, so I remember this. 1600 was considered semi-starvation for six months. My standards are fucked up. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're ma- that's they're, why weren't they all are, right? Yeah. yeah. So what they found was that the men got absolutely crazy. They were they stopped socializing with each other. They got irritable around food. They started hoarding recipes. All they could think about was food. They started elongating meals. This because, was in the fuck it diet book. That's what yeah. it was. I read it's it. It's in like probably, yeah. pretty much every oh, yeah. diet book. That's yeah. a great book. Highly yeah. recommend. Yeah. Um, we had her on. We had her on. We had her on. Yeah. Okay. Great. So and did you talk about this? Am I? No. Either way. You someone got. did it. Okay, yeah. anyway, what the, most interestingly, what they found is that when the six months were over, they returned to a normal eating diet and their body weights were restored. Everything was healthy on the outside. But the thoughts and rumination about food and the binging carried over. So what we do psychologically when we put ourselves into a state of restriction, whether it's calories or types of food, is, is something really gets fucked up in our brain and scares us. Yeah. And, and it bleeds into after being on the diet. I'm still fucked up from keto like a year and a half ago. <laughs> no, I swear. I agree. No, it, I did it for two months and it fucked me up hard. I have mm-hmm. never been as obsessed with carbs as I have been since I've been on keto and it's been like a year and a half right. now. So when you're, it's, it, it makes you scared of them. Yeah, but but, yeah. but my question is, so mm-hmm. you said that you know we should we all appreciate that we have different bodies. Mm-hmm. What if you've been dieting for so long that you don't even know what your body's really supposed to look like. Right. Like, I don't even know what weight I'm really supposed to be because I'm I'm constantly, I'm never normal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just up or going down. I'm on my way up or I'm on my way down. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never experienced yeah. anything that isn't that. So I don't know what I should really look like, right. honestly, which is crazy. Well, how do you feel? I mean, Who honestly, cares about that? no, no, no. Honestly, <laughs> when I'm at, like, a slightly... I'm on the lower when I'm on mm-hmm. the lower end of the weight mm-hmm. I feel better like mm-hmm. I feel like oh I don't have as much like on me but maybe I I don't know if that's because mm-hmm. I'm like high on the diet right, right, or right, if right. I really should be that way right yeah so I just it's it really fucks up your whole like interpretation of yourself right based, I, yeah based also on uh, what you were saying before like just also we have three different bodies yeah I've also noticed like a, a brain shift from like maybe two years ago to now where I would walk by people on the street and just like look at their body parts that I don't like about myself and like mm-hmm. be so jealous. Mm-hmm. But like now I you have to like, you really have to switch your mind and yeah. just really accept the fact that we all have different bodies and everybody's going through completely different things. And 
maybe if you're jealous of her arms, she could be jealous of your oh butt. Oh my God. You right. know, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, and, and, and just, I think that is like the tiniest step towards like body positivity, quote unquote, or some sort of acceptance. And also just recognizing that most people aren't thinking about your body. Like yeah. coming here, I was so yeah. excited to meet you guys because look at this powerhouse right. you've created. Like it's the right. least interesting thing about you guys. I appreciate like, that. Thank you. Kourtney Kardashian, <laughs> yeah. you're the least interesting sister. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to go back to something you talked about. So you talked about how we're such a fat phobic nation and something I really, really appreciate about your account is that you talk about thin privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that is, you are like the number one person who needs to talk about it because you have it and if you're not talking about it and then and yet people don't like it when i talk about it it's I, an uncomfortable topic it is but everyone. i actually think that if if the people who have the privilege aren't addressing their own right. privilege how are you going to get how are you going to ever shift anything yeah mm-hmm. well, okay wait, t- let's talk about it okay yeah. so what is thin privilege so i think that you know i've been really taught thinking about this to myself how can i get people to not shut down with this conversation because when they hear it especially people with my thin body type who have had issues with food they shut down and and I don't mean this like to make you shut down I just mean I used to too when I heard it so I get it like you okay what privilege do I have because I also went through the same dieting crap that you went through so we're all in this the same but the fact of the matter is is that we do have a privilege we're treated better at doctor's office we easily find clothes that fit us we're not you know, we're not going through the same type of struggles every single day. Um, I think it's most important to really talk about our health care and, you know, doctor's perception of thin bodies versus bigger bodies. And again, going back and forth, this may be thin privilege because people really don't like to talk about privilege. Like mm-hmm. for maybe fat phobia Only settles people in. people who have privilege don't like to talk about privilege. That's true. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> because it's really painful to realize it like, is. oh, I didn't, I don't deserve this. This isn't all coming to me. I just, I'm kind of lucky. Right. It it like it kind of hits you and you're like I'm no better than anyone. Right. I just have been told by society that I'm better. Right. right. Or when it comes to just privilege in general, like a lot of our our parents worked really hard to get there. We didn't just like wake up on a on a throne and we have our own struggles and it's like you, people see right. it as this these two different, you know, life experiences when they're really not. So I think that's what Well, I think so people don't them. people think like, "Oh, if I have struggles, I can't be privileged." So right. but so what is it about thin privilege that needs to be said? That it exists. That it exists and how and it feed into the conversation of fat phobia so we can start to right. notice when we're judging somebody's body. Notice the, the signs in your head when you see a fat body, what you're thinking. Flag that. I mean, being able to sit on an airplane when I worked in uh, and, and not have mm-hmm. the subway, know, even. the subway, of course. Um, when I worked at a shoe store years ago when I was going through grad school, like the boots didn't fit over half the women whose legs Me. came over. Yeah. Me. It, Every it, boot. And, and I, as a thin person, you know what? I'm sorry. I n- never thought of that. Yeah. And I was mortified on their behalf because I could feel their shame coming off of that. Yeah. I think, I think it's probably, you can't, we can't accept that, that there is fat phobia until we understand that there is thin, thin you privilege. You think that comes first? Or maybe it's the other way. It's like, can we even deny think, that there's fat phobia, you know? So for me, that feels undeniable. I think that people right. who who are denying it wouldn't say it doesn't exist. They would say, well, they're not healthy anyway, right. so they should be thinner. And then it, it's yeah. their problem. It's and, their fault. And also, like, it's okay to, to not know. Like, this is information that you have to learn and unlearn. Like, this is all the process of unlearning everything you've been told and and leaning into what hasn't been told, research that hasn't been funded. And that's really scary to question everything that we think we know to be true, right? Right. To evolve. How scary is that? Especially when diets are meant to oppress us. Yeah. I mean, it's also interesting that when you think about like, what is the ideal American body? It's like a white, 
thin body. It's not like a, a body uh, that you would associate with other ethnic groups right. or, or any, you know, you go to a foreign country, right. bodies look different. So in America, it's this very specific thing. I mean, that's yeah. where like the backlash from like the Victoria's Secret fashion show and like right. all that stuff comes from. And I think that we're just so used to seeing it. We're used to seeing it in ads. We're used to seeing it on, on TV that we don't even realize that that is like the standard we've created mm-hmm. and that that's why the diet industry can to realize it though. I mean, in New York and, yeah. and LA and, you know, big cities, but people don't like change of power and the power that we naturally are given with white skin and thin bodies is, gives us power. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have, yeah. I could have built my business very differently on selling the body that I was naturally given and saying, eat like me and you'll get it too. Right. Right. right? Like, my whole life I've been applauded for this body that I didn't do anything to have. So I could mm-hmm. have totally sold that. But I mean, I, again, I think our bodies are our least important part about us. We need to be healthy. We can still value health. We can still take good care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But to tell somebody that by eating like me, you're going to look like me is a lie. I appreciate you acknowledging appreciate that. that. Let's do a listener email. Okay, yeah. All right. I... You want me to read it? Yes. Okay. Listener email. Dear Sammy and Aileen. Firstly, like everyone, I'm obsessed with DSD. We have to read our own praise. (laughs) I'm obsessed with DSD. As someone recovering from an ED, it constantly pushes me to reevaluate my relationship with whatever the F health really is. Thank you. Anyway, major question has been something that is likely my biggest barrier and the reason I'm never 100% satisfied with my body image. Portion control. I have trained myself over the years to be to eat more naturally. I obsessively check ingredients and I eat what someone else would consider very healthy. However, I often overeat that health food. I can have a really I can have really nice carrots and hummus snack. <laughs> Hummus snack. I know what you mean, like a nice snack. Yeah. Um, hummus <laughs> snack, but end up eating half the jar of hummus and then run out of carrots. So I switch multi-grain crackers or some shit that I justify eating because it's quote unquote healthy when realistically my portion of that snack is far overdone. Mm-hmm. I'm not gaining weight because it's binging on veggies and weird snacks that sorry, that aren't terrible for you. But I know that if I controlled my portions, I'd be so much happier and would tighten up the bod that I try to work so hard for. Any thoughts or advice on this? Love you both. XO, the healthiest binge eater. I, like, We're going to let the RD answer this I, one. Well, it was I'm like silent. It was actually written by me like eight years ago. I swear. Yeah. Like that, oh, that sounds a lot like me. Um, even in college, like when I'd come home and everyone was drunk eating normal food, I was like party size with hummus. Like, really? Yeah. Well, I, I vividly remember that. And I was constantly yeah. bloated like she is and not yeah. happy with my body because she's not truly giving herself permission to eat. Um, she still has. I'm um, so first of all, like major applause on, you know, beating your eating disorder and weight restoration and being able to eat. Mm -hmm. And I think now she's ready for the next beast of what is your relationship to food look like if you're only allowing these quote unquote healthy foods. And like we talked about earlier, I'd bet that she also has a fear of hunger and eating. So when she actually does eat, it's again that elongation of mealtime like we talked about with um, in the Minnesota starvation experiment. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't want that meal to end because when will she allow herself to eat again? So it's turning into this long drawn out thing whereas it would might help her to first you know pause and say and look at what are foods that she views as good and bad and start to tackle those quote-unquote bad foods um and to give herself permission to eat when she needs a snack no matter when it is um 
What does it mean to tackle the quote-unquote bad yeah, foods? Yeah, sorry. So basically to come up with foods that you think are bad or not good mm-hmm. for you and to allow them into your life in a controlled setting, not necessarily just when you want them. A, proving mm-hmm. to yourself that they don't have this control that you think that they have over you. Meaning like not binge them. Like not ha- introduce them only in times where you're going to eat a lot of them. Introduce, right? yeah, put them on a list and have designated times to try them. Okay. Not necessarily try, yeah. to try them. Okay, exactly. I see, I see. Um, Interesting. And... Um, the, I think the most important thing when we talk about portion control is this idea that like, again, like you should have X much to eat. Like we can't give that advice because our bodies are dynamic. You, all three of us have different needs today, tomorrow, the next day throughout our life cycle. So to recognize that a portion to us is going to be different than a portion to Shaquille O'Neal, obviously an extreme example, but I don't know, it always comes to mind for yeah. some reason, right? Like yeah. he's, he's the biggest a, person yeah, ever. He's the biggest boy. Right, yeah. he's, he's a big boy. Um, <laughs> and to recognize that they're arbitrary, even if they're on the back of a nutrition fact, a nutrition fact panel. Those are not what you should eat. Those are usually reflected what people are eating. So to really take a step back and recognize that this might, you know, be level two for you to up level your relationship to food and evaluate, you know, what's going on here. In college, my roommate had like no issues with food. She ate burgers and fries and I was always with the salad and there was never a drip drop of salad left over on the bottom and then I'd go right into my healthy dessert, Mm -hmm. right? And I was bloated and distended at all times. And you were obsessed with it. Obsessed. And she like left half her burger fries behind, half a milkshake. What is that like? like? (laughs) And just had like the sickest body, you know? Like, you know, sickest body to the, to the whatever. (laughs) To the, the the culture. To the culture. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm so glad you were here to answer that. And I just want to say one advice. more thing, sorry. Yeah. Um, there's something called what I call the healthy halo effect. And you can go on my website and read about it. And it's this idea that we eat because we think a food is healthy. So not actually asking ourselves, do I want it? But, oh, it's healthy. I'll have it. Okay. So how do you, how do you identify that? Um, pausing is really helpful. Do I actually want this? Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, but pauses do a lot of things. Breathe for a few moments. Re-regulate your nervous system and say... Do I want this? And again, not for the purpose of tackling, not for the purpose of, of having your body say, no, I don't want this, right. but actually finding out. And, and figuring out what it is that you actually do want in yeah. that moment. And especially as the healthy food, um, the healthy food industry blows up, it becomes even more confusing. It's like, okay, can't have Reese's, I'll have a Justin's, you know? Yeah. And so again, nothing wrong there, but just ask yourself before going for it. So she's allowing herself to have the multigrain cracker because it's fitting her bill of health or whatever. Yeah. She said multigrain, right? Yeah. 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 But would she allow herself to have a cracker if it wasn't multigrain? You know, it's actually so right. funny, though, about the whole everything marketing. I'm not we're not going to get into it. But over the weekend, I was like making like my little spread for I had people oh, over. I saw those good spreads. Yeah. And I was like shopping for it. And I was just like, maybe like the person who's coming over, maybe she like, I don't know how she eats. Like maybe I'll get a few like he- quote unquote healthy crackers, like snack, like yeah. chips and then like the non healthy chips so I like pick up whatever I think I is healthy and I see the pop corners whatever those mm-hmm. right and then I'm like and then I'll get the regular like thin tortilla chips that go with salsa and then I'm like I put it in my cart and then I decide wait let me just look at the ingredients of both of these and mm-hmm. look at the nutrition label and the popcorn are the exact same as the, if not had more. What are you looking um, at? Just the numbers? I was looking at the nutrition labels and the ingredients. And the ingredients. Like, okay. I mean, it's just the, the thin chips had like very nothing in them. And the, and there you could eat probably more of them mm-hmm. than the pop things. And I was just like, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> like, I never even wanted to reach for the pop things because I think that they're quote unquote he- healthy. They're like, follow the list of It's like diet, the baked lays effect. You know? Yeah. 
when you could just eat the like little regular tortilla chips. Right. Well, call it a day. And call it, and I right. did call so it a thought, day there. I put exactly. it back. Oh, wow. Look at yeah. this guy. So this I love how you, again, you just like, you had the conversation in your head. Yeah. And I love that. And that's a great starting place is to just question. Just question everything. <laughs> question everything. And experiment what works for you. Right. Like Definitely. that's the most important thing. I love it. Wait, do we... So wow. we have two more segments, but we also didn't get to the to the weird thing we eat. Did we no, do that? Yeah, that's the one. That, yeah, oh, the weirdest I, thing I do. The weirdest thing I do. Okay, Sammy, do you do you do, do a weird thing this week? I mean, I think I revealed that I ate pizza for like twenty straight meals. That's fine. <laughs> I'm trying. No, to- it wasn't honestly. It wasn't really that much as much as I'm saying. It was just like. Con- because it's all inclusive they're all food everywhere pizza, pizza, it's pizza. just like all the time and that's like what I closets 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 I'm like what do I really want um, the pizza I'm trying to think of the things I dipped in cream cheese this week <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could just have a cream cheese podcast um, I'm a cream cheese head I think I put chocolate in my, my cream cheese but it was Yum. delicious A and Wait, you put chocolate in your I cream dipped, cheese. I was like, "What? I, this chocolate isn't enough. I okay. need to put something and savory. around right. it. Like it needs to be it like needs a blanket. Like it needs a foundation. Yeah. So I, like I dipped it in the little cream, cream cheese. cheese on but a I just want to say, there is there is like nothing better than a whipped kind of the CC. I know. You know, know. like I, Philadelphia. I get, well, I get I get this Greek Pepsi. Uh, I, well, I I get the um, there's this company called Greek, and it has just like a little bit more protein and less fat, and I I love it so much. It makes me feel a little bit better about eating the quantities in which I do. I'm envisioning you spreading cream cheese on like a Hershey's bar and then no, no. down. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not that intense I just like go into the container I was like this is good or I take a spoon no no this is what I do I take a tiny little spoon I take a dip I take my chocolate and then I go and sit and I dip into the spoon I can imagine it. Yeah, it so I know I have like a teaspoon like I'm I'm deciding I'm stopping at some point so anyway and I savor it yes how about you <laughs> so this is a weird thing you do with yeah food? just like something or weird anything that it's it's weird it could to be admit. exercise it could be yeah um, it could be just like your house like what do you do in your house you know <laughs> I mean I do a lot of weird things that are pretty they're pretty public but one thing I probably don't do is I, I sometimes eat salad with my fingers oh yeah so yeah salad like, fingers yeah it's gross <laughs> I wouldn't want I would not do it in front of other people I definitely try not to do it in front of my husband yeah but yeah I've been known to like do that while doing something else. Right. I completely I've get done it. that. Yeah. Oh, no, but I hate it when other yeah. people do it. But if I do it, it's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I find myself doing it like in the office, like, because I'm I, just, because they're big pieces. Sometimes like, it, it tastes better from the hand. To yes. human chopstick, you yeah, know? It like, is. they have these something are your that. Forks. These are your forks. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Non scale wins. Yes. What, what, what is yours, Lisa? I had a great weekend. Um, I had plans on Saturday to see my friends who just had a baby, and she is just like really stressed about it. And she was like, "No, can't come over." And that was supposed to be my plan for the day. And on a whim, we had just like a completely free flowing. We live in DC now, so we we're back in New York. A free flowing day. We went to ABCV, and I just again like I don't take these days for granted where I eat and don't overthink it at all. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just beautiful to flow and not think about anything else. I saw you put that on your story. I love ABCV, the fucking cauliflower. They got rid of it, apparently. They they didn't get rid of it. Sorry, that's a lie. They changed the recipe. What? I I know, I know. Pancakes are like... And the dosa? The dosa. You don't don't go and not get the dosa. Yeah. Um, That's good. And there's hot sauce on the table. Don't miss it. It's in this little cute container. I feel like I should go. You want to go? been in a while. Let's go. We yeah. ordered sweet cream. <laughs> right. Um, my win, I think, is that I haven't been counting... 
using my app, Hell which yeah. is like huge. Like I keep wanting to add something, and I was like, res- restrain. Just oh. and, and you then, got and your dietitian's like you know pl- yeah, applauding you, which yeah. is great. Well, one day, but then I also like one day I was just like I just need to put it in. I need to know what I just ate, and so I did do it. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I know. Well, I mean, it's deleted and then delete. Let's just like also just all admit like we're all works in progress. Totally. Like you yes. don't have to have this all figured out today, tomorrow or the next day. We never do. Yeah. Things pop up all the time, even for me. And I'm noticing them and we're we're moving forward. Like we're right. just trying to get better. Not perfect. Definitely. I mean, yeah, like I am a complete perfectionist. So just being able to like go back and added it to the app counter and then be like, OK, again, I know, the it's illusion gone. of control. Exactly. Just knowing. And I was like, oh, I already knew that. Like it, it, it was truly freedom. From just like knowing it and then being like, I don't, I didn't even need to do this. Okay, good. So that's, that's a big win for I, me. I love yeah. that. I actually have a similar non-scale win. Not that I'm not tracking in general. I'm still on my wedding diet. <laughs> There's no hiding from that. But when I was on on my bachelorette and then away with Avi's family, I did not track any foods. And I just enjoyed myself. Yeah. yeah. It was a good time. I remember you asked yeah. me, you're like, should I track? And yeah. I was like, do not track. Like, you know. Yeah, I did. I asked her in the air. You know what to eat. Are you, you yeah. all using the same apps? I use Lose It. Yeah, you. I used to use my Hootness Pound. Now I that switch you it up. To do. But I like the colors on Lose It more. <laughs> I don't know. Well, just to remember that it's not accurate. So I you know. always take it with a grain of salt and to help you, you know, lean it's in. It's also not accurate because sometimes I lie to myself on it. <laughs> so I'm also mm. contributing to that inaccuracy. <laughs> oh, life. And we have a listener non-scale win. Oh, Ooh, Okay, so us. I'll read it. Just in my 100th solid core class and I still love it. I'll also... Through listening to your podcast, I've been motivated to restart therapy to help with a recent relapse in my eating disorder and have been able to reincorporate some of my feared foods. Oh. I my feared or foods I so dubbed as bad back into my diet. Keep up the amazing podcast is my favorite of all the batch of podcasts. I look forward to it every Sunday. Motivated yeah. batch. Amazing. And I love That's that great. because fitness is such an important part of health and well being and feeling good mentally. And so all the things that we're doing, we're just trying to find new relationships to them, right? Yeah. How can we eat in a way that's positive? How can we work out and move our bodies in a way that feels good? Yeah. Just, I'm so still I love that she said trying. that, even as somebody in eating disorder recovery, to say, you know, I feel strong, yeah. I feel good. And it's also a way to connect to our bodies. Like when right. you're using your muscles, you're, you're sending signals back and forth and creating that, again, form of connection. I also agree with this listener. I recently started SolidCore and I love it. Like it feels... Honestly, like I compare the feeling after it to like being high. Like my body's like, that's how I feel after live. I just like, do they still not do the stretching after? Uh, They don't. It's not like instituted in the class, right? It's not like give me a fake stretch at the end. You know, I would like a stretch at the end. I like a good fake stretch at the end. Yeah, we could. could I think I'm submit that. A big thing about (laughs) fitness or like working out is just like don't care about the calories it burns. Just like remove that from because I used to obsess over like. I text my trainer. I'm like, how many calories do you think we burned? He's like, doesn't matter. Wow. <laughs> You're like, I need it for the app. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh. like, I need it for the, yeah, no, 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 no more. Yeah, it's well, not now I have this Apple watch that uh, tracks it. And I'm like, do I want to know? Do I not want to know? I don't know. I don't know. We deserve food always. It's not transactional. I know. Yeah. Well, thank but you. But it takes time to exactly. learn that. Exactly. Thank you so much for, I know you rearranged some things to come today. Thank you for so having me. So thank you for being here. This is one of my favorite podcasts, if Same. not the best. Aww, I'm so yeah. excited. So, if, um, you, if your audience has questions, you yeah. know, me too. So where, so where can they reach you? 
Um, you can follow me at The Well Necessities. That'll be in the show notes, I assume, because I chose like, yes. the hardest to spell name ever. <laughs> um, yeah. or, um, it's like a spelling bee. It's like every time they want to search the, for you. It's the I cannot but spell But if you just necessity. start with The Wellness, yeah, it with a Z, I think they'll C, find thank you. Thank you. I need yeah. you with me at all yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, The Well Necessities on Instagram is going to be great. Or you could email me, Lisa, at thewellnecessities.com. And my courses are at forkthenoise.com, which is easier. ForkTheNoise.com. Love it. Thank you so much. This Thank has been you. awesome. Amazing. And Sammy, we're always with you. Through thick and thin. All right. Bye. Bye. Diet Starts Tomorrow is hosted by Aileen Cooperman. And Sammy Fishbein. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Our podcast producers are Mike Coscarelli, Sean Kilby, and Carly Rice. And artwork is by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram and email your questions and non-scale wins to DST at Betches.com. Batches.